Blog Talk Radio. And there arose a king in Egypt who knew not Yahweh. And the fear of the Hebrews fell upon the people of the land. So Pharaoh set taskmasters over the people of the land who laid heavy burdens on them which were bitter to bear. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Most High. And he heard them from beyond the everlasting hills. In time he raised up unto them a deliverer whose name was Masha. And Masha grew mighty and was taught in all the wisdom of Egypt. But he was a man who chose not to live out his days in the pleasures of Mizraim, and so answered the call of his destiny. And he came to the mountain of Alakim, which was called Horeb, where he saw a flame of fire burning around a bush, but the bush was not consumed. And the Moloch of the highest appeared to him and spoke from out of the midst of the fire, saying, I have seen the affliction of my people in Egypt and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now therefore I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Masha asked, when I come to the people and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say? Scriptures declare that Elohim said, Ahaya, Ashar, Ahaya. Meaning, I am that I am. I will be who I will be. He said, Moreover to him, Thou shalt you say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever and my memorial unto all generations. And the children of Israel became vain in their imaginations and corrupt in all their ways so that they sought to replace the name of Yahuwah with the name of Adonai, meaning Lord. And many forgot his name and went after Baal, which also means the Lord. And from that time, many false names for our Creator have gone out into the world, following us into these last days and creating a controversy among the nations. Our Heavenly Father who desires that his elect be not ignorant of his name, nor that we should be moved by the signs of the time, but that we should be steadfast in the truth, not wavering nor tossed and turned by the mouths of men. For some say that his name is Yahweh, while others say that it is Jehovah. Still others foolishly declare that it cannot be known. But we who are called and chosen have a sure word of revelation which has come down from the Father of light, who would not have his people to walk in darkness. For I declare that we are the children of light. For he has revealed through the Ruach. Take the original vowel sounds A and U, which are from the three pure vowel sounds which make up all the Semitic languages, 
and applied them to the four Hebrew letters, yod Hey wah Hey, and the name of Yahuwah is revealed. Therefore, let the name of Yahuwah rise upon the islands of Indonesia, and echo beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Let his magnificent name soar above the heights of the Himalayas, rest upon the shores of Sri Lanka. The voice of a messenger rides upon the clouds and races on the wings of the wind, saying, Send tidings of his name to them that dwell in Ghana. Let the name of Yahuwah shake the land of Africa. Declare his name in Zambia, Tanzania. Let it be shouted from Mozambique. Send messengers to sail across the Nile and awaken them that dwell in the Sudan. Let the name of Yahuwah invade the mountains of Afghanistan and rock the whole Middle East. Let his mighty name stretch forth with wings across Europe and Asia and cause them to tremble and sleep in China. Oh, let his name circle over the Atlantic, the Pacific, and all the oceans of the world to touch the shores of America. That his name might ring from the peaks of the Appalachian Mountains to the end of the Rio Grande, that his name extend out over the continental divide and journey down to feel Brazil. Oh, let Yahuwah's elect publish his name in every nation and kingdom on the face of the earth. Let it be published in every country, in every city, and in every state. Yea, let it mount up and ride upon the wings of the eagles. Let it glide with the falcons, the hawks, and the crows. Let it reach up beyond the heights of the condors, that his name might touch the stars and fill the cosmos. Let the Malachim come down from the Shamayim. Let them ride upon the chariots of fire. Let them circle the cities. Let them stand upon the walls. Sound an alarm to the ends of the earth. And lift up the trumpet to declare Yahuwah is mighty. Our king is strong. He has subdued the nations. He has crowned the sun. Let everything that has breath sing praises to his name. Let everything with breath praise the name of Yahuwah. Finally, when the end comes, when all things have been put under his feet, and all the nations have been gathered to meet in the city of gold, which is planted in paradise, we will all lift up together with one voice, magnify the name of Yahuwah forever. Shalom and Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Welcome to talk, teach, and testify radio. This is where we speak the unadulterated and the uncompromising word of truth. My name is Abed Yahu or Obadiah. I'm just a humble servant of Yahweh. I speak to you in the name of Yahusha Hamashiach, our elder brother, high priest, and our sovereign king. On today's show, we're going to be going over the uh, Greek calendar and how they have manipulated the timetable of Yahweh. So that's why I named it, Do This in Remembrance of the Greeks, the Pagan Influence on the Yearly Calendar. 
the Father from the very beginning, had told us that the Gentiles, the heathens, uh, the nations, would alter the timetable of Yahweh. So I'm going to be showing you that in Scripture on today. I'm going to take you back in history and show you over the years how the Greeks, led by Alexander the Great, by Constantine, by Julius Caesar, how they were able, over time, they were able to manipulate the true timetable of the planet Earth. So we're going to be going over that instruction on today. People have been asking me about leap years. People have been asking me about uh, do you keep the lamb in your home for 10 days, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to answer all of your questions on this morning pertaining to the, uh, you know, to today's topic about the timetable of Yahweh. We're going to have a part two of this on tomorrow so that you will be able to get a full comprehension and understanding of Yahuwah's timetable and not man's calendars, okay? So we're going to be going over that on today. Now, there were individuals who also gave me little hints and things of that nature um, pertaining to, okay, uh, this is what this means or this is what that means, but we're going to get clarity of all of that on today. So today's show is brought to you by SALT, acronym for Sisters Abiding in Light and Truth. It is also brought to you by the Bullock Family Foundation out in Arizona, and also it has been brought to you by the uh, the Palmer Family Foundation out in California. Uh, I'd like to also, before I begin this broadcast, because this is a very, very important type of topic, and please bear with me because I'm going to be taking my time, I'm going to be uh, allowing people to write notes down and things of that nature. Uh, I'd like to encourage all of my brothers and sisters who are starting to see what is going on involved, you know, evolving around us, uh, especially with the panic of what the earth is doing. We are to set our affections on things above and not worry about these things that are happening on the planet earth. Uh, when we talk about uh, the testing of our belief in Yahweh, this is imperative that we understand that we are going to go, go, you know, we're going to go through testing. We're going to go through trials and tribulations. And we must still continue to hold on until the end. And this is how we are able to be delivered. This is how we're going to be saved. This is how we are going to make it. We have to make it together as a mishpaka. If there's not a time for us to come together and to become one, this is the time. Now would be the time. Uh, we, we're starting to see a lot of the wheat from the tear. We're starting to see a wider separation of that. Uh, we're starting to see more of, uh, you know, we're starting to see how people are looking into the mirror and see how manipulation have taken place with uh, social media as well as, uh, you know, 
news broadcast, et cetera, et cetera. Please be careful as to how you obtain information, even in this age of information. Okay, we have all of this, you know, the websites, we have, uh, you know, we have Internet, we have access to all of this information. But the reason why your Aki, your brother, is stating these things this morning is simply because do the research yourself. And if you are paying attention to research such as myself, research the research. Research what I have researched so that you can get a better and clear understanding. I'm not the type of servant of Yahweh that will bring you false information and teachings. What will I gain from that? Hallelujah. I'm not trying to gain popularity or fame. I am trying to gain uh, the approval of our Heavenly Father, and I would like his nation to obtain the same. Okay, so I just wanted to get that clarity. Please do the research yourself. Buy books. Uh, you know, if, if those of you who are going to stay inside the home during the quarantine, during this um, quote-unquote um, coronavirus um, agenda, you know, get books. Uh, if, if you can't get any books, ask someone, hey, could you send some notes here? I would like to study. Uh, you know, this is the time now for us to study more of Yahweh's Torah. So the Father knows what he's doing. He always knows what he is doing. He already knew that this would take place. only thing you got to do is just read the scriptures, and you'll be able to find all of that in there. So uh, we're to um, stay encouraged. We're to encourage one another and have much true love toward one another. So this is what Yahweh has called us to do. All right. Let's see if we have any more announcements. Oh, for those of you uh, who would like to watch the uh, Kingdom Harvest teachings and instructions, we're going to be doing that on next weekend, April the 3rd through the 5th. Hallelujah. Uh, I believe we already have the amount of people that is going to be um, at the Kingdom Harvest congregation. We have that number already figured out. So we are not inviting any more people to the particular teaching, but you can watch it on Zoom. If you like more information, just email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and we will be able to get that information out to you. Uh, we're going to be doing some testing. Uh, we're going to go through Zoom. So we're going to try Zoom and see if that will uh, fit our and accommodate our needs uh, for the people to watch the particular uh, teachings and you know, and the broadcast, it will also be on Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio. So I'm giving people the option. They can either watch it or they can just listen to it. Hallelujah. So um, instead of on April the 3rd, the uh, teachings will not be at, at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Instead, it will be at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So... Uh, you know, so we're going to change the particular time. That will be on Friday. On Saturday, uh, the teaching will begin at 3. So Talk, Teach, and Touch by Radio will be on the air at 3. 
and then at 12 noon is our regularly scheduled time for Sunday, April the 5th of uh, 2020. So that's what we're going to be doing uh, over the past few days on next week. So if you like to watch the teachings, please email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and I will get that information to you. Um, I also like to encourage all of my particular brothers and sisters, uh, especially my dear brother Johnny from uh, Riverside, California. Um, he needed some encouraging words. Um, he is starting to wake up into the truth. Um, and he, you know, and I want all of us that's listening on the air this morning to please keep him in your tefla. Please pray for him. Um, he does fear Yahuwah. Uh, you know, he was stating that, you know, he was venting out um, to his brother because he needs uh, prayer pertaining to how the world is turning. Uh, all of you uh, that feels like Brother Johnny, please, uh, you know, Ask Yahuwah um, to guide you and to protect you. Uh, we will continue to encourage you. Uh, we will continue to um, make tefla unto Yahuwah on your behalf. Stay encouraged, okay? Do not stop fighting uh, for the kingdom of Yahuwah. Continue um, to stay strong, stay encouraged. Uh, the word tells us that we are not to have the spirit or the ruach of fear, but the Ruach of power, love, and of a sound mind. So it's very imperative that we have that as we go into um, this particular um, crisis, okay? So please, uh, brother, stay encouraged. And for all of you that's going through it, please continue to stay encouraged. All right, that is it for all of the announcements. Today is... Saturday, March the 28th, 2020, according to the man-made Jesuit Gregorian calendar, it is the eighth yom or the eighth day of the first Kodash or the first month. Shalom, shalom unto you and Shabbat shalom. This is the Shabbat. Everybody is practicing it either traditionally or according to Yahuwah's timetable. Shalom and Shabbat shalom unto one and unto all. Uh, brother Calvin, shalom unto you, brother. Thank you so much uh, for being a very, uh, you know, a very trustworthy brother um, in this season. Shalom unto you and shalom to uh, Azar Yahu. We had a very good conversation on yesterday as to what's going on. Um, he's down in Columbia, South Carolina, doing work for Yahweh, and also to Pastor Charles White also. In South Carolina, he's down in uh, Rock Hill. Uh, thank you so much, brothers, for your conversations, for uh, your encouragement, and thank you for your support um, in, uh, in Talk, Teach, and Testify, and within your brother as well. Okay, so Shabbat Shalom. We are resting, right? This is our time of rest. This is our time to um, get away from what the world um, is trying to do. Uh, we don't have to be in this world. We live in it, but we're not of it. Hallelujah. We are to keep whatever Yahuwah has commanded us to do. We are to do exactly that. So uh, I, I just want to, once again, just encourage you just to continue to do 
the will of Yahweh. It's very imperative uh, that we do that. All right, so people have been asking me questions about how do we keep the Pashak? When does the Pashak begin and end? Uh, what, you know, what do we do? Uh, or first and foremost, how do we know when to keep these appointed fees? How was you able to come up with the particular calendar? Was you able to listen to what man said, or did you read what Yahuwah said in his word? Could you show us how this is so? Okay, I can do that. There were individuals who are saying, let's go to Barashi chapter 1. He set the timetable there, and he did do that. So we're going to go there, but first and foremost, before we go to Genesis chapter 1, we're going to take a closer look as to, number one, what Yahuwah told us from the beginning in the book of Jubilees. The book of Yobelim is very important for you to have a copy of. They, Even though they left it out of the Holy Biblos or the uh, Holy Bible, as they call it, they kept it out because it contains too much information, and it will give you a more concise understanding of what Yahuwah is stating. Let's go to, if you have the Book of Jubilees, you could uh, either order the Saphir and get a copy of that, or you could just, um, I believe you could look it up online. You could look up the Book of Jubilees. They have that available online. Let's look at the Book of Jubilees, the Book of Yobelim. Chapter 2, the book of Yobelim, the book of Jubilees, chapter 2. It is in connection to what Yahuwah had clearly stated in Barashit chapter 1. So I'm going to read Jubilees chapter 2, then I'm going to go back to Barashit chapter 1 so that it can make perfect sense, okay? So... Um, I'm going to be juggling between Jubilees chapter 2 and Barashit, Genesis chapter 1. Dears, here's my disclaimer uh, before I begin. This particular teaching is not based off of opinion, but rather off of the word of truth that comes from Yahweh. I have meditated, prayed, and studied in the Ruach HaKodesh pertaining to this particular instruction. Please don't take my word for it. Take Yahuwah's word for it. When you talk about the word barashit, barashit doesn't mean the beginning. It can pertain to a beginning or all beginnings begin with Yahuwah Elohim. So let's start with Jubilees chapter 2. If you don't have it, I'll read it for you. And then we'll go to barashit chapter 1. And then we're going to uh, go ahead and cross-reference these particular scriptures so that you'll be able to get the understanding. So I'm going to read most of Jubilees chapter 2, then I will read Barashit chapter 1, and then we will go ahead and, you know, weave these two together so that it can make absolute sense. We're supposed to study precept upon precept, line upon line. Jubilees chapter 2, verse 1, and the messenger of all uh, the messenger of the presence spoke to Masha according to the word of Yahweh, saying, Write the complete history of creation. How in six Yahum, six days, Yahuwah Elohim finished all his works 
and all that he created and kept Shabbat on the seventh day and sanctified it for all ages. Keep that in mind. Okay, Yahuwah did it from the beginning pertaining to the Shabbat. This is why we keep it because this was the first Shabbat or the first covenant that Yahuwah established not just with man but with his creation. The first covenant was the Shabbat. This is why it's an everlasting because it's been around since the beginning. He kept the Shabbat on the seventh yom and sanctified it for all ages, for all ages, and appointed it as a sign for all his works. For on the first day, he created the Shamahim, which was above in the earth, in the waters, and all the Ruachs, or that's the spirits, which served before him, the messengers of the presence, and the messengers of sanctification, and the messengers of the Ruach of fire, and the messengers of the spirit of the winds, and the messengers of the spirit of the clouds, and of darkness, of, of snow, of hail, of frost, and the messengers of the voices, and of the thunder, and of the lightning, and the messengers of the spirits, of cold and of heat, and of winter, and of spring, and of autumn, and of summer, and of all the spirits of his creatures, which are in the Shamahim and on the Haret. He created the abysses and the darkness, the evening tide and night and the light, dawn and day, which he has prepared in the knowledge of his heart. Remember, lob in the Hebrew doesn't just mean the heart, but also of the mind. And thereupon we saw his works, and praised him and laud before him on account of all his works. For seven great works did he create on the first day. Now, when you go back to Barashit, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Because you would say, well, how is it so that he was able to create all of these things on the first day when I heard that he created only the order, the light, on the first day. Let's go to Barashit. It says, Barashit bara, okay, it means in the beginnings, something is being created. Barashit bara, who is doing that? Elohim, okay, at Hashamahim Uet Hahoret, which means in the beginning, Elohim created or designated or he created or selected the Shamahim and the earth. Verse 2 And Hahoret, the earth, was without form and void. You will see the Hebrew words. Tuhu and Buhu. Tuhu, Strong's Concordius H8414. It means it was vain and confused. It had waste. It was an empty place. It was confusion. It had vanity. I hope some of you are getting the understanding here. Because most of us, 
in the beginning, before we came into the knowledge of the truth, we were worthless to Yahuwah. We was without form. We was confused. We had chaos going on in our life. We had vanity. We worshipped vanity. The word boohoo means a void or an undistinguishable ruin. It means to be empty. Okay? So you had a particular earth that was desolate, and you had a earth that was ruined or it was empty. And koshak, koshak means darkness or misery or ignorance or death or sorrow. Now, how could this be on the first day? We're going to talk about that in just a moment. This all pertains to the timetable of Yahweh. And Koshak was upon the face of the deep. And the Ruach of Elohim moved upon the face of the waters. And, and this is where you get the term Mahim. Mahim means water. So when we talk about Shamahim, that's the sky or the earth or what's above the earth. When you talk about Shamahim, that's the heavens. It contains two words, Yasha and Mahim. Yasha means what? Salvation, right? Mahim means waters, as you see right here with Strong's Concordia's H 4325. Yahuwah is creating, ultimately, the salvation of his creation and his people while he's creating, if that makes sense. What beginning is he creating? He's creating the beginning of the earth. The beginning, brothers and sisters, of the Shamahim was already done. You read that in the book of Jubilees, chapter 2, that Yahuwah, before he brought forth the light, he created his messengers. That's why you will read in Genesis chapter 2, hallelujah, you will read about how he created the generations of the Shamahim and of the Horeth. This was done even before he created the heaven and the earth. He created the generations. You read that in Barashi chapter 2, verse 4. He already had his people in mind as he was creating. Okay, let's go back to Genesis. I'm still in Genesis 1, Barashit 1. Elohim said, let there be order, which is light, or the illumination. And there was order. And Elohim saw the order that it was good, and Elohim divided the order from the koshak. He divided the light from the darkness. And Elohim called the light day, which is yom in the Hebrew. And the koshak, which is darkness in the Hebrew, he called Layla or Leil. Listen, in the evening and the morning were the what? The yom ahad. Now, aha doesn't mean first, brothers and sisters. It means 
the one and only. Or it is something that stands apart. Hallelujah. It is something that is united or something that is the only one. Okay? So a lot of people see, okay, only one. Oh, okay, first day. Yahuwah created everything that he needed on this only day. That's what Echad means. I bring a clarity, brothers and sisters, to this teaching because a lot of people were saying, well, look, on the first day, he, he used his hands and created this, he created that, he created this and that. The word bara doesn't just mean to create. It could also mean to qualify or to choose or to make. Let's say, for instance, that we worked at a particular restaurant. I'm the owner, and I make you the manager. Doesn't mean that I created you to be the manager. No, I designated you to be the manager. I didn't create you, but rather I made you or put you in charge of watching the restaurant while I'm gone because I selected you. You were qualified for the job. This is what Yahuwah, brothers and sisters, is doing in this sense. A lot of people take particular scripture and this is how, hey, you know what? This is what Yahuwah said. He said this, this, this. He wrote this down. This is in the letter. And therefore, hey, Shabbat's supposed to be on the seventh day. Yahuwah established everything that he wanted to do within these days. Okay? And then we see everything being designated. Or you, you will see things were qualified or things that were appointed for his will and for his purpose. Okay? So a lot of times we take the things that are for his purpose and we try to make it for our purpose. We are created for his purpose. You are eternal seeds planted in this heavenly, uh, planted in this earthly realm for his kingdom harvest. It is imperative for you to fear Yahuwah and to keep all his commandments and to read his Torah, not according to your own understanding, but according to the understanding of the Ruach, for he will teach you all things. So, Yahuwah created seven works, not just the light. But we got all of that in Jubilees chapter 2. Brothers and sisters, you read in the evening and the morning were, that's how a day was established. Yahuwah showed us. It was dark, it was void, and then he brought light. There's this confrontation, this particular, hey, a day starts when, you know, when the sun comes up. That's when the day starts. That's what Yahuwah said, he, you know, and I, sh I, I ask people all the time, you have to show us that. Because right here in Barashit, it's not written incorrectly. It's written in every particular Hebrew scroll ever. 
that the Horeb, which is the evening, and the Bracha, which is the morning, that was considered to be a day. Yahuwah showed us how a day begins at dawn. Is it the dawning of when the sun rises, or could the dawn be when it goes down? We'll talk more about that on tomorrow's teaching. Okay? So I wanted to show you that just to get, uh, you know, a head start on tomorrow's teaching. I want for you to please look at verse number 8 and 9. This is the clarity. I'm back in Jubilees. Yobelim chapter 2. Verse 8 says, Three, These four great works Elohim created on the third day, when he created the Garden of, uh, you know, Garden of Adon or the Garden of Eden, when he separated the waters, when he uh, got the lakes and did all of that. And on the fourth day, he designated or he created, there's Bara, the sun and the moon and the stars, and set them in the firmament of the Shamahim to give light upon all the earth and to rule over the day and night and to divide the light from the darkness. Question, how was Yahuwah able to set these lights when Yahuwah already had created order or he already designated the light to separate the day from night. That was done in the first yum, right? That's what you know, that's what we read. It was it was already done. So Yahuwah did not just designate light on the fourth day or on the third day, well on the fourth day, but it was already done from the beginning. I hope this makes sense. So he designated the sun for the day and the moon and the stars for the night. Now, the Hebrew word, and and this is very important, the Hebrew word for sun is shamash. The Hebrew word for moon is not kodash. It is Yara'ak, or Yarak. okay? Keep that in mind as we continue to do these teachings because people are saying that we're supposed to do the Kodush Yarak. You'll never see that ever in the scriptures. Never. You'll never see Kodush Yarak or New Moon. This is where the confusion begins. We read that he created the Shamash and the Yarak and the stars, and he set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon all the earth to rule over the day and night and to divide the light from the darkness. And Barashit chapter 1, this is what it says. It says in verse 14, and Elohim said, let there be light which is Mahor or Manor. I hope you got the revelation there. In the firmament of the Shamahim to divide the Yom from the Layla and let them be, listen, listen to what he says, and let them be for alt, for signs or evidence 
or miracle, Infomoadim, that's seasons, appointed times, and for Yaim, for days, and for years, and let them be for life in the firmament of the Shamahim to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And Elohim made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, which is the, uh, the Shamash, the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night, which is the uh, Yarak, which is the moon. He made the stars, which is called the Kobab. He made the stars also. <clears throat> and Elohim set them in the, see, he set them in the firmament of the Shamahim to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness, and Elohim saw that it was what? It was tall. So it was good. Verse 19 says, in the evening and the morning, there's that same repeated cycle of the day. That was the fourth yom. Let's go to Jubilees, chapter 2. Let's read verses 8 and 9. These four great works Elohim created on the third day. And on the fourth day, he created the what? The sun and the moon and the stars, and set them in the firmament of the Shamahim to give light upon all the earth and to rule over the day and night and to divide the light from the darkness. You read that in Barashit chapter 1. Listen to this. And Elohim appointed the Shamash, the sun, to be a great sign on the earth. For days and for Sabbaths and for months, not new moons, because there's no way he's going to appoint the sun for months, or not for months, but for new moons. It doesn't say that. Verse 9 says, And Elohim appointed the sun to be a great sign on the earth for days and for Shabbat. And for Kadashim, which means the months, not new moons. The sun cannot appoint the moon or do new moons. Just bringing clarity. And for months and for more things, for the appointed feast, and for years, and for Shabbat of years, and for Jubilees, and for all seasons of the years. Spring, summer, fall, and winter is dictated by the sun. Verse 10 says, and it divides the light from the darkness and for prosperity that all things may prosper which shoot and grow on the earth. Nothing can grow without the sun. The moon cannot make anything grow, okay? Here is the clarity. There is the evidence that Yahuwah had appointed the sun, not the moon. That's why people pay attention to the spring equilux and the spring equinox. It is not based on the moon. The equinox and the equilux is based on the sun. We're going to break that down more on tomorrow. Okay, so where do we get Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday from? Where do we get the uh, 
the worship of you know the worship of the sun. This came courtesy of the of the Gentiles, of the Greeks. Okay, this was done by the Babylonians. Let's break it down a little more. I just wanted to read some of those scriptures to you so that you could get a clear understanding as to okay, this is why they did things wrong. In Jubilees chapter six, Yahuwah made it crystal clear that most of us or all of us in Yahshariel in one case or another is going to follow the things of the Gentiles. This is what today's lesson is about. Let's read Jubilees chapter 6. Let's start with verse number 29. And they placed them on the heavenly tablets. Each had 13 weeks from one to another past their memorial, from the first to the second, from the second to the third, from the third to the fourth. There are 13 weeks in every moad or every season. For every appointed time, there are 13 weeks. Do the math. 13 times 7, 91 days in every season. There are three months with 30 days and one special day, which is called a Tukufa. That Tukufa pertains to the sun. We'll talk about that on tomorrow, in which it shifts from one season to another. So you do the math. 13 times 7. He says 13 weeks. 13 times 7 is is 91. 91 times 4 is 364. You're going to get it in the next couple of verses. Verse 30. And all the days of the commandment will be 52 weeks of days. And this will make the entire Shana complete. This makes the entire year. 52 weeks of days. Do the math, brothers and sisters. 52 times 7 is 364. It is already complete. It is already done. What Yahuwah has created, it was good. There needs to be no tampering. There needs to be no other adjustment. Yahuwah had already made everything complete within 364 days. His timetable is already complete. It is engraved and ordained on the heavenly tablets. And there is no neglecting this commandment, I'm reading verse 31, for a single year or from year to year. We are not to neglect how Yahuwah set things up. So for those of you who want to do leap years, you're doing it because you're paying attention to the calendar of the Gentiles or of the heathens. Okay? Verse 32. And you command the children of Yahshua that they should observe the years according to this reckon, 364 days, and this will constitute a complete year, and they will not disturb its time from its days and from his feast, but everything will fall in them according to their testimony, and they will not leave out any day nor disturb any feast. 
Okay, brothers and sisters, did we read that? 364 days. This constitutes a complete year. We're not to disturb its time from its days and from its appointed times and from its feast. Listen to verse 33. But if they do neglect and do not observe according to his commandment, then they would disturb all their seasons, their mordine, and the years would be dislodged from this order. And they would disturb the seasons, and the years would be dislodged, and they would neglect their ordinances. What is the ordinances? You're going to neglect when to gather together for the appointed times. That is the ordinances. When Yahuwah calls for you, to gather together for his appointed feast. Okay? Once again, this brings clarity to what we are examining. People are paying too much attention to the moon. When Yahuwah already told us here, the sun will bring forth a constituted 364 days. You don't believe me? Let's read the next couple of verses. Verse number 34. And all the children of Yahshua will forget and will not find the path of the years. And they will forget the new months and the seasons and the Shabbats. And they will go wrong to all the order of the years. For I know and from henceforth will I declare it unto you. It is not of my own devising. For the Sophia, the book lies before me, and on the heavenly tablets the division of days is ordained, unless they forget the feast of the covenant and walk according to the feast of the Gentiles after their error and after their ignorance. So for those of you who are keeping the new moon, uh, you know, they call it the lunar Shabbat, you're keeping the lunar appointed feast, you're following the ways of the Gentiles. Yahuwah specifically told you in Yeram Yahu, Jeremiah chapter 10, do not do the ways of the Gentiles. People want to celebrate Yahuwah, but in their own way. I read in the Bible, it says new moon. So we're going to do the new moon. They did not do the correct study and the research. And they are leading many people astray, just like the English language have done for so many years. Listen to verse 36. For there will be those who will surely make observation of what? The Yarok of the moon, how it disturbs the seasons, and it comes in from year to year, ten days too soon. Brothers and sisters, Jot this down. The moon, according to its lunar timetable, has 354 days in it. The sun's timetable, or we call it the solar, it has the correct count of 364 days. You will always see the sun go up and the sun go down. You'll never see the moon doing the same thing. It is the lesser light, and it loses 10 days. 
This is where the leap year. This is where the Gentiles, the, the Greeks, this is how they come up with the leap year, the Jesuits. They had to come in with a leap year to make up for those 30 days of the moon that was lost within the past three years. So you look at that. You do the comparison. If you lose 10 days a year for three years, you're going to lose 30 days. So on the fourth year, they bring forth an extra month. The the Jewish people, they call it Adar 1, Adar 2. Show us, please, in the scripture where Yahuwah stated that you can have a 13th month. Yahuwah said that there were 12 months in one year. Please, I'm warning you and I'm please asking you, stop adjusting the word of Yahweh. Verse 37 says, for this reason, the years will come upon them when they will disturb the order, they will make an abominable day, the day of testimony, and an unclean day, a feast day, and they will confound all the days. The Kadush with the unclean, and the unclean day with the Kodush. But they will go wrong as to the months, and the Shabbats, and the feast, and the Yobelim. Yahuwah gave us 364 days in a year. There's no 365. There's no leap years. Yahuwah made everything consistent. Here's some notes that I'd like to give you pertaining to, quote, unquote, how the Gentiles did things with the new moon. For those of you who would like to know the correct timetable of Yahweh, please read the book of Hanak, the book of Enoch. It shows you the timetable. It is a 12-month solar timetable, 364 days. It was used by Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Yacoub. It was taught to Masha. It was still in effect through the second temple period under Ezra and Nehemiah, or we would say Ezra and Nehemiah. It was the official Abri or the Hebrew timetable until the second century BCE when King Antiochus Epiphanes IV ended the use of the timetable of Yahweh and forced the people of ever to observe the lunar calendar. I got proof of evidence of that. You can always read the book of Maccabees, and you can see how that was done. We'll go over that in just a moment. The new moon calendar was the official calendar of the Greeks, and when Alexander the Great conquered the 4th century, uh, conquered the Middle East in the 4th century BCE. The lunar calendar was introduced and was gradually accepted for, by most of the people except for the Hebrew nation of Yahuda. The moon calendar was the official calendar of the Greeks 
And when Alexander the Great conquered the Middle East in the 4th century BCE, the lunar calendar was introduced and was gradually accepted by most of the people except for the nation of Yauda. In 172 BCE, King Antichus Epiphanes, he had appointed a man by the name of Melanias. He became Jerusalem's high priest to introduce the Greek way of educating the young people and to completely Hellenize the Hebrew people. He also sent a senator from Athens, Greece, to give the Hebrew people an ultimatum. You're either going to forsake the Torah of your Elohim, Yahuwah, and follow the king's orders, or you will be put to death. So most of the people of Yahudah followed the king's orders to save their Mishpaka, and many were forced to, they were, many were put to death. King Antichus Epiphanes forced the people of Yahudah to celebrate the birthday of the month, every month at the time of the moon's first visibility. There are other scholars who have wrote about such things. Here's one from Debos. His name was Hypatisio. He was an astrologer in the 5th century CE. He compiled the historical Hellenistic uh, it looks like a, uh, a particular record. His works was called Apostolomistics, it looks like. Estatomatics, excuse me. Please forgive me. Okay? So there was records that was kept in the Hellenistic astrology records. He quoted King Antichus saying that the new moon was the time when the moon was born, and it was called the birthday of the month. This was what was written in this book. Antichus of Athens also said that this method had a certain truth to it. Observe, he says, on a given day that the moon was born. And to this number, add 180 and always deduct 29 from the birthday of the month. Okay? So they, so mathematics, according to the Greeks, this was already done before we get into, and I, I can't wait to talk about the Gregorian calendar, because the Jesuits also adopted the ways of the Greeks. Okay? This is why you cannot go according to their timetable. Of course, we always say, well, today is, you know, Saturday or March, or because everybody is used to that particular timetable. But you always hear your brother always tell you what day of Yahuwah's timetable that we are in. So that way you will know when to position yourself for Shabbat and appointed feast. Let's keep going. We have a couple more minutes to go. In 167 BCE, King Antichus returned to Jerusalem after his second campaign in Misraim, that's Egypt, and he immediately banded the, the Torah of Yahweh as well as his timetable, and he prohibited all 
practices and customs of the priest and of Yahuda. He dedicated the temple in Jerusalem to Zeus, who he called Baal Shaman, which is, they call it the Lord of Heaven. And he ordered the people of Yahuda to worship Zeus and to participate in the festival honoring Dialysis, who was who? Zeus' son. His name was Dionysus. Okay? He was also called by the Romans Banicus. So Dionysus and Banicus is known as the dying and resurrected God because he was born twice or born again. This festival is called Baracanale, and it is held between March 16th and March 17th to pollute the Abri or the Hebrew Spring Equinox Day as well as the Rosh Hashanah. Let's stop here. Brothers and sisters, haven't you noticed on social media everybody saying Rosh Hashanah, Happy New Year, on March the 16th and 17th? Because they're paying attention to the new moon. As we have read in this instance, they are paying attention to the Greek calendar as opposed to Yahuwah's timetable. They did this, the Greeks did it to pollute the new year of the Rosh Hashanah, the accurate time of the Rosh Hashanah for all the nation of Yashariel. And it was to keep us away from acknowledging the spring equinox. The equinox is to let us know when a when the sun, the Shemesh, it passes a certain timeline in the heavens to let us know we are in a new year. I've seen brothers and sisters who are in Yahweh. They would develop um, what they call a sundown and other things to know when the new year starts, and they are accurate in their studies. When King Antichus began sacrificing the swine and making abominable offerings in the temple, it started the Maccabean Revolt. I'm going to read all of this in tomorrow's teaching. Listen to this. Here are known facts. Even Americans today celebrate the new moon of the Greeks. They're doing it in remembrance of the Greeks. The Banicus or the Dionysus festival is celebrated to this day. It is not called the Banicus, but it is called Mardi Gras. And it includes the Banticus Parade. The date of this celebration was changed to be on the day before Ash Wednesday, which is done on uh, or in the name New Year's Day. They changed it from March the 17th, and it was later called or known as what? St. Patrick's Day. And it's the welcome sign of the first day of spring. That's why you have festivals of green clothes, green hats, green food, etc., etc. Yet the four-leaf clovers, all these things are to celebrate the spring of the Greeks. 
King Antichrist did the same thing. He took away the freedom of the people of Yahudah to worship Yahweh because that's what we did when the new year came in. We thanked and we praised Yahweh for the Rosh Hashanah so that we could be able to keep up with the appointed feast and the Shabbat. But instead, King Antichrist forced us to worship Zeus and his son, Banachus. Read the book of Daniel, and I'll read this here and leave you with this. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. He will say, command against that which is of the Most High, and harass the what? The Kadashim, or the set-apart ones of the Most High. His intent is to change the times in Torah. And they will be given into his hand until a time and times and dividing of times. People had to understand what Jubilee timing is all about. We'll talk about that at a later date. The, the prophecy of Daniel was so accurate right there. From the time he wrote it or saw the vision until the time that Antichus enforced his Hellenization policies on the people. It was 350 days, the accurate time of times and times and the dividing of times. We'll, we'll break that down later. Birthday of the month festival was observed by most of the Avri people because they feared King Antichus. After the death of King Antichus in 164 BCE, some of the priests of Yahudah tried to restore the solar timetable of Yahweh, but the Greek new moon influence was all around them. Later on, you will read that Haliel II introduced the fixed calculated new moon calendar and based it on the conjunction of the earth, moon, and sun. And this lunar calendar has been used by Jews and others to this day to determine the first day of the month and the annual feast days. But Yarak Kadash is not written anywhere in the Hebrew scriptures. You only see the word Kodash. It pertains to a solar month of 30 days. We read that earlier in Jubilees. Okay, what is your brother trying to say here? The translators have mixed up the words so that you will not be able to keep up with the timetable of Yahweh. The Hebrew people later on not only adopted the calendar of Antichrist Epiphanes, but in, one, in 445 BCE they adopted the Julian calendar. They had changed the days. And the timetable of Yahweh still stands true today. For he is Yahweh and he will not change. And people have rearranged the time the timetable of Yahweh, you know, for centuries now. On tomorrow's show, we will continue talking about how they have construed the timetable of Yahweh. We'll be doing part two of Judas in Remembrance of the Greeks, how they have tampered with the timetable 
of Yahweh. I hope that each and every one of you that's listening by divine appointment, that you are able to listen to the instructions, I hope that you understood it. I hope that you are able to study for yourself how to keep the timetable of Yahweh. From the spring equinox, we are now in day eight. This is the Shabbat. For next week coming up will be a special Shabbat. Hallelujah. It will be the Moedim of what we call the Chag Hatmazat, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So the Father wants us to, as accurately as we possibly can, keep up with his timetable, keep up with his appointed feast. I saw people doing Passover and unleavened bread already. Where where are they getting these particular dates from? Come on, people. We must study to show ourselves approved unto Yahweh, a workman that needed to be ashamed, rightly dividing his word of truth. It is imperative that we do it the way that Yahuwah instructed us to, not the way that we feel that we should do it. Okay, that'll do it for me. This has been another Talk, Teach, and Testify instruction. I hope to see you on tomorrow at 12 noon, Eastern Standard Time, 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, If you're on the West Coast, it starts at 9 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I will also give you instruction. I will be doing a practice teaching through Zoom. So I hope that you will be able to attend that. I will give you the instructions on that on tomorrow's show. As I said to one and said to all, Shabbat Shalom and Shalom. Enjoy your Shabbat on today. And stay encouraged, stay safe, and stay in the word of Yahweh. My zeal and my prayer is that the nation of Yahshua, that they might be saved. Shalom and Shalom, everyone.